Carson Wentz, Carter Hart, and Joel Embiid. 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City. 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for the MGPT Top 5 at 5 with Mike Gill and Pete Thompson. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's the MGPT Top 5 at 5. Uh, it's Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Had lunch with my dad today for Father's Day Sunday. We've been doing father-son duos all week long. NBA yesterday, football, baseball. You can go check them out in our podcast. Download the podcast, Apple Pods. I use Google. Wherever podcasts are found, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to the Sports Bash pod. Go to Hour 4 for each day's MGPT Top Five at five. And today's MGPT top five at five is brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in your car insurance. Give them a call at 800 947 Auto or go online at Geico.com. You can stop by the Geico office near issue. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, and the PT is here on a Friday. Peter? Michael, Hunter, we've been waiting for this one all week. At least Hunter and I have. <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, I'm imagining you guys, I would hope anyway that you went a little deeper than uh, than I was, you know, than I would go. But we'll see. I mean, I, look, I, I know a lot. Of, my dad and I were firing some off at uh, lunch today. Well, it's hard not to fire off some of the two. I mean, there's there, there's a couple out there that should be on everybody's list that are just so legendary. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I scratched the surface a little a little deeper than most, including a family that I actually got to know a little bit personally in my top five. So I've got a, a nice variety, I think. All right, so let's get into it. The MGPT Top 5 at 5 today. It is our five favorite father-son duos from the NHL. Happy Father's Day, everybody out there. Number 5, PT. All right, I'm going with the Sutters. And in this case, that's Brent the father and Brandon the son. Now, it's also a sentimental favorite for me because the Sutter brothers during the 80s, I mean, at one point there were six Sutter brothers all playing or coaching in the NHL at the same time. I used to rattle their names off to impress girls, or at least I thought I was impressing the girls. Probably not. Brent, Brian, Daryl, Dwayne, Rich, and Ron both reached the NHL level, and four of those brothers went on to become coaches and general managers as well. And then the seventh brother, see, that's the trick, Mike Gill. Do you know the seventh brother? You can win the bar bet by saying, who's the seventh Sutter brother that didn't play? Well, that was Gary that stayed home to work on the family farm. So I should probably give credit here first to Lewis Sutter, who passed away at age 73. He was the father to the Sutter six plus Gary, but we're here to talk about Brent and Brandon. Brent Sutter, three of the four Islanders Cup winning teams. He was on that. Older brother Dwayne played on all four. Brent spent 10 seasons with the Islanders, six with the Blackhawks before retiring in 98, went on to coach the Devils for two seasons. His hometown Calgary Flames for three. Coached Brandon in juniors, and then Brandon was the 11th overall pick in the 2007 NHL draft by the Hurricanes. So four seasons with the Hurricanes, three with the Penguins, now in his fifth season, and an alternate captain with the Canucks. Brandon, the most successful of the second generation of Sutter's cousins, Brett and Brody Sutter, haven't been able to crack the NHL on a regular basis. But Brent Sutter to Brandon Sutter, and then really the entire Sutter family. That's my number five father-son connection. 
Yeah, that's a good number five. There are a ton of them. But I'm going to stay local for my number five, and that's actually Keith Primo and Caden Primo. Caden is his son who actually just started playing in the show this past year. He went to Northeastern after actually playing in the Eastern Hockey League where he faced off against, you know who? Hunter Brody. How about that? We played in the same <laughs> junior league. He played locally for the Philadelphia Revolution when I was up in Vermont. So pretty cool. But um, yeah, he actually, so he's a goalie for the Montreal Canadiens and he will be taking Carey Price's spot whenever that day ends for Carey Price. I mean, he, he's a guy who's been injured and had some problems, but Caden Primo can definitely play. It's going to be fun to watch. He only had a handful of games. He spent a lot of time in the AHL, but he did get his NHL debut this season. And we all know about his father, Keith, of course, especially when you mentioned our, our moments that gave us the chills you put on that goal against the Penguins. I will never yeah. forget when that happened. Now, I was wondering, was his father Keith or Wayne? Oh, it's Keith. Because I was a big Wayne Primo, Keith Primo fan. It's like if we would have done Brothers. Wayne was a pretty good. I mean, for for brothers, you know, Keith and Wayne were both pretty good. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's a fair. Uh, that's a fair little tie you put together there. But yeah. yes, it is Keith. Keith Primo, the father. The father. All right, there you go. Goody to start. Uh, all right, number five for me. Uh, I'm going with the Hal's. Gordy and Mark and Marty are the sons. Mark Hal. Now you might say, what the Hal's? They got to be up at the top. Well, I wasn't a huge Mark Hal fan. I always thought he was overrated. He always pissed me off because it was like Mo Cheeks. When Mo Cheeks is a Hall of Famer, by the time I saw Mo Cheeks, he was like at the end of the line. I'm like, this Cheeks guy stinks. Well, that was kind of like how I was with Hal. When I was old enough to start watching Mark Hal, he was at the end of the line. I was like, this guy Hal stinks. Get him out of here. Uh, but obviously his father um, at 87 years old right now is one of the biggest ambassadors of hockey. Uh, played into his 50s. You know, he was still playing games. Uh, but Mark Hal... With the Flyers, his brother Marty and Gordy. I mean, I'm sure PT has him way at the top of the list and has a whole bunch of things that he's going to read off on him. But uh, Gordy Howe, for a while, owned just about every major NHL record when he retired from Detroit in 1971. He was a Hall of Famer in 72. There's a statue outside uh, to honor him at the Joe. Um, he is uh, right there with Wayne Gretzky as uh, the, some of the biggest names in hockey. But Mark... When I was growing up, I was kind of like, oh, man, I'm done with this Mark Howe guy. Uh, but no, he's a great flyer. was a big part of their uh, 87 team and obviously uh, a Flyer Hall of Famer. So the Howes, Gordy, Mark, and his brother Marty. Can't forget him. Right there, PT? Uh, excuse me. Mark Howe's in the NHL Hall of Fame, too. You might have thought he was dirt, but he was good enough. No, to no. The I explained the reason why. Like I said, he, he is a Hall of Famer like Mo Cheeks who I saw Mo Cheeks at the end of his career. And at the end of his career, Mo Cheeks was not the same player as he was when he was a Hall of Famer. Well, I'm lucky to have seen uh, Mark Howe when he was younger, teamed with Brad McCrimmon, and they were an unstoppable duo. I'll talk more about the Howes when I get to them on my list. Yes, they are on my list. Uh, the number four on my list, though, are the Stasny family, and that's Peter Stasny, the father Paul and Jan, the sons, uh, Peter the Great, or Stash, and his brother Anton, uh, they both defected from communist Ron Czechoslovakia in 1980 to Canada. That was a big deal. Marion came over later. Marion Stasny uh, came over later. But Peter and Anton, that was a watershed moment. I mean, Eastern Bloc stars 
started defecting to come over and play in North America. Peter Stastny, Quebec Nordiques, the Devils, the Blues, went into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1998. He was 34th all-time in NHL points, just lit it up in the 80s. And then the two sons, Paul is the more accomplished of the two. He started his career with the Avalanche before moving on to the Blues, Winnipeg Jets, now the Vegas Golden Knights. His best NHL season points-wise was his rookie year, 06-07. He had 28 goals and 50 assists for the 78 points that he had for the total. And it was kind of neat because his rookie year, he was being mentored by Joe Sackick, who when he was a rookie with Quebec was mentored by Peter Stosny. So neat uh, ties and connections there between Stosny and the way that hockey is uh, family related. The all-star and Olympian uh, Peter uh, Jan Stosny, excuse me, uh, Paul Stosny's been uh, representing the U.S. And then Jan, uh, I brought him up only because he played for the Omaha Lancers when I was in Omaha, so I covered this guy. Just looked him up. He's now 37 years old, which makes me feel old, and he's played for Boston Edmonton. He did <laughs> play for St. Louis in the NHL and got to play with his brother like once, but he's basically retired. Stosny family, Peter to Paul and Jan, that's my number four. My number four, I hated this guy at the time, but now that it's been so long and I, I respect players more after their careers and during them if I despise them. It's Ty Domi and Max Domi. Ty Domi with that Toronto Maple Leafs white and blue jersey that Gil loves over there. I could not stand him. His stats, it's hilarious. Those penalty minutes, 3,515. That is insane. I mean, that is just unbelievable. <laughs> Fighting fans, crazy. Couldn't stand them. But now, looking back, it's part of the game, part of history. But Max Domi, he's, uh, he's, what, five years into his career now? Last year, he was definitely the best that he has been so far in the show. He had 80, or he finished with 72 points in 82 games. And the greatest thing about his story, and he's very open about it, he's type 1 diabetic. And he's actually pretty open about that, and he, and he tells that side of his story a lot. So I really enjoy Max Domi's game, 5'10", 192 pounds. He's a different style of player than his father. He's uh, more skilled, no doubt. Yeah, I remember those, uh, uh, certainly Ty Domi. Oh, yeah. He was a goon. Yes, he was. He Big was uh, in our wheelhouse there, PT, as we would say. Fell Number four. The penalty box. He fought the guy in the penalty yes, box. Yes, he did. I think that was my father. Just kidding. He was probably there. <laughs> uh, number four uh, for me, and this guy played for the Flyers. His father coached the Flyers for a little while there. That's uh, Bill and Kevin Deneen. You remember the Deneens there, PT, in the uh, early 90s? Uh, Deneen. Bill Deneen and Kevin Deneen are some of the nicest people I've ever met. They're unbelievable. Yes, and uh, Kevin Deneen also played for the Hartford Whalers, which put him higher on my list. I know the the uh, Howls are more accomplished than the Deneens by no uh, of course they are, but he played for the Hartford Whalers, and uh, that gave him a little bit. Uh, and by the way, the Flyers got him from Hartford and then traded him back. And what I loved about the Deneens and why I used uh, the Deneens for this, uh, his father, by the way, was the Flyers head coach uh, for a little while there. But um, I used the Hartford Whalers all the time in NHL uh, on Sega Genesis. That was like my go-to. You had Andrew Chuck, Howard Chuck, and Deneen. <laughs> That was the line uh, that was just outstanding for those whales. But uh, Denis was pretty good. He was the Flyers' captain, people forget, for a couple of years. I think a season or two there. Uh, scored 35 goals in his first season with the Flyers when he came over from Hartford. And then they made him the captain, and then he got pulled. Uh, actually, he didn't get pulled. He resigned as the captain when they got Lindros. 
and uh, Lindros ended up becoming the captain. And then during the lockout, um, you know, after that, he ends up getting traded back to Hartford and then played a little while longer than his father, Bill, as we mentioned. Uh, you know, people forget he had a little coaching run with the Flyers for two seasons. Uh, neither one of them was very good. They were 500 both times or right around there, missed the playoffs both times, and he was gone. Uh, but he was a player as well. Bill and Kevin the Deneens. Kevin Deneen coached the Panthers for a little bit. He, uh, he's currently uh, the head coach of the San Diego Goals. That's the AHL affiliate of the Anaheim Ducks. So like he's that. still plugging away. All the hockey guys keep plugging away. They never let it go, Peter. That's true, uh, including this family that's in my number three. And you knew they were going to be in there. That's the Hextalls. Uh, Brian Sr., the father. This is a triple generation one to Brian Sr., the father. Brian Jr., the son. Dennis, the son. And then Ron Hextall, the grandson. Start with the eldest Hextall, Brian Sr., one of the NHL's best forwards during the 30s and 40s. 20 or more goals back when, you know, it was just a heavy wooden stick and no curve seven times at the Rangers spent most of his time as the right wing led the NHL in goal 39-40 scored the overtime goal in game six of the finals to give the Rangers their third Stanley Cup championship of course they didn't win another one until 54 years later Brian Sr. led the league with 56 points in 41-42 Hockey Hall of Fame in 1969 his two sons Brian and Dennis Rangers had lengthy NHL careers. Brian Jr., a couple of 20-goal seasons with the Penguins. Dennis, 74-75 NHL All-Star Games, 153 goals and 681 games in his career. And I'm hurrying to get to Ron because that's the one I like to talk about the most. Is That's Dennis's youngest son. He was the goalie. We all know his story. The Calder Trophy, the Conn Smythe Trophy, his rookie year. NHL Stanley Cup Finals finally falling to Edmonton in 87. First goalie to score a goal into the empty net. Did it twice, actually. Once in the regular season against Boston, once in the playoffs. And set the single-season record for penalty minutes. You're talking about Ty Domi in 88-89. Ron Extall in 113 penalty minutes. Jeez. You go, Hexie. <laughs> All but two seasons of his career with the That's Flyers. unbelievable. Before, retiring in 99. And he's currently the part-time advisor in hockey operations for the L.A. Kings. Hextall's Brian Sr., Brian Jr., Dennis, and then ultimately Ron. That's my number three. My number three, the Kachucks. And this is where it, it ends the players playing now for me in this list. The other two, I got to respect the older generations. But for today's generation, Keith Kachuk, he's the, the father. Obviously, when you think of him, I see at least the St. Louis Blues logo. I mean, that's literally, even though I know he spent some time in Arizona and Winnipeg, I believe, also. When I see Keith Kachuk, I picture him in that St. Louis Blues jersey. He was very well-respected. And he was just a great veteran leader and a phenomenal player. But with the kids now, these two kids are going to be something. We love Travis Konechny here. Multiply Travis Konechny by like two when it comes to his feistiness. And that's what Matt Kachuk has. And the kid is just a pest. Some people say he crosses the line a little bit. But what he's doing in Calgary right now, he's always got the mouthpiece, chewing the mouthpiece out of his mouth. He's just a pest. He's hitting people, scoring goals. And then Brady as well, he's with the Ottawa Senators right now. They just they have that gene. They have that, that feistiness. And I remember when it was the Senators and the Flames facing off against each other. I don't know if it was Wes McCauley or not, but it was one of the refs. And they kicked out the two centers on purpose for the opening faceoff and threw the two brothers in the mix and go, hey, you guys are getting at it. You know, it was pretty funny because there was no reason to kick them out. And I think the parents were in the stands cracking uh, up good. as well. So... 
for me, it's the Kachucks. I think they all are going to have uh, great careers. Obviously, Keith already did, but these two kids are, are definitely special and fun to watch. Well, I was. Uh, they are also my number three. I was a big Keith the Chuck fan, and by the way, many at the time, and you guys could probably attest to this, considered him to be one of the best United States-born players. He was a member of uh, many of the international Olympic teams, and you know, every time you know when uh, USA Hockey would play, you would you know Keith the Chuck was like the biggest name on the team for a while. You know, USA Hockey, uh, he is probably one of the most well-known American-born players. He was a Winnipeg Jet back before they moved. Uh, And oddly enough, uh, you know, Phoenix, St. Louis, Atlanta, then back to St. Louis. Uh, Keith Tuchuk, you know, I always used to confuse Tuchuk and Primo from time to time. Not that they, like, looked like each other, but just, like, Similar styles, like those big forwards, you know, those aggressive. You don't see those big power no. forward type builds anymore. No, you don't. Like, those were the guys who just had, like, those, uh, like, they were like power forwards in basketball, just put, bumping their ass in front of the goalie, like, just trying to clear <laughs> out space, like, trying to just get those little dirty, little ugly tip-ins, all that kind of stuff. That was what I, when I thought of the Chuck, that was what I thought of, but uh, Keith DeChuck, uh, was uh, was on the list there as uh, number three, and his son uh, Matthew, as you mentioned there, Matthew. Um, now his father was playing for the Coyotes, and he was taken by the Flames with the sixth pick in the 2016 draft, and he makes the Flames as an 18-year-old with 31 points in his first 50 games. He's like uh, Reese Hoskins. Yeah, no, he's a well. <laughs> hopefully, that downfall doesn't happen. I don't think it's going to because this kid's a stud. Yes, uh, Matt the Chuck, his son Keith the Chuck, the father, the 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 Chucks, <laughs> tongue twister. Yeah, <laughs> have fun with that. That's your number three. All right, my number two is easier to say because it's the holes, Bobby Hole and Brett Hole. You've got the Golden Jet and the Golden Brett. That's the way the nicknames went. Father Bobby. One of the greatest players of all time, his ability to carry the puck through the zone and his devastating shot. He was feared and respected by the hockey world. 653 points in just over 1,000 games in his 15 explosive years with the Blackhawks before he told Rock, uh, Mr. Wirtz, Bill Wirtz, the owner, F you, and left for the WHA for money. Uh, he was never, he was always underpaid. He's first in franchise goals and second in franchise points for Chicago. His place in Blackhawk history is permanent. After all, he is a statue outside the United Center. Bobby Hall, NHL Hall of Fame, 83. And not to be outdone, the Golden Brett, his son Brett, carved out almost as good a career as the NHL started to change during his time, too. He's one of five members to score 50 goals in 50 games. That's ridiculous. He won two Stanley Cups in his 20-year career. Brett Loyal, like Bobby, he stayed with the St. Louis Blues for over 11 seasons. Small market team, along with Adam Oates, before he finally, as a free agent, went to the Dallas Stars, won a cup, played for the Red Wings, played for the Phoenix in over 1,269 games, 741 goals, 1,391 points. That's 741, puts him third place behind Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. Hart, Lady Bing trophies, led the NHL in goals for three straight seasons, and the coup de grace is that in the history of the NHL, only one father and son duo has two players with 50 goal seasons and 600 goals in their respective careers or more, and they were the first to father-son to make it to the Hockey Hall of Fame, and they're also the only pair to score over 1,000 points in the NHL. Bobby Holt, Brett Holt, my number two.
I also have the holes as my number two. This is where I have to start appreciating the greats that came before my time. And another guy who, when you think of him, you think of the St. Louis Blues. And that is, of course, Brett Hall. And I'll tell you what, if you saw those celebrations that were going down in St. Louis after they won the cup, this guy was hammered every single day. Literally destroyed walking the streets. It's almost as if he won the Stanley Cup again when the St. Louis Blues just recently won it. I mean, it was hysterical. He was all over the place, and he sure was enjoying himself. But when it comes to what they did on the ice, you talked about the 50 goals in 50 games. That is insanity. They definitely knew how to uh, light the lamp, if you know what I mean. So, yes, the Halls, my number two. All right, uh, and number two uh, on my list uh, would go to the leeches. That would be uh, Reggie Leach there, PT. I'm surprised that you didn't have the leech somewhere on your list. He won the Stanley Cup with the Flyers in 1975. He's part of the LCB line, which is probably uh, you know one of the most famous that you can mention in hockey history, people, when you mention that. Now, his son was not all that special. I mean, he played with those Pittsburgh teams. Oh, uh, Jamie Leach? Jamie <laughs> Leach. There you go. He had a cup of coffee. But he's a Cherry Hill guy, PT. There you go. He's a he local guy. He played the alumni game. That's what I know Jamie Leach for. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the son of former NHLer Reggie Leach. He won a Stanley Cup, by the way, Jamie Leach, uh, with not one but two Pittsburgh Penguin teams and uh, there you go he played for Pittsburgh and another guy who played for the whale that's why you gotta anybody who played oh, for Hartford go. gets put on the list uh, <laughs> higher but Reggie Leach I was always a big fan of Reggie Leach watching those uh, 70s Flyers teams I love the flow the stash I mean uh, but you know that was um, the height of the Flyers right there Reggie Leach and you know I know you had Hextall on there but I don't know that whole Hextall GM story kind of a tainted uh, Hextall for me a little bit so I go Leach as my number two because I wanted to get uh, a guy that uh, was really a part of those Flyers Stanley Cup teams and I didn't really you know he was uh, gone from the Flyers by the time I really started to watch it he was out of the Flyers by what like 82 somewhere around there I think he had a little cup of coffee with Detroit and then he was done uh, but he was, uh, for his time with the Flyers, you could probably uh, not find uh, a more fun guy to watch for those years. So Reggie Leach, Jamie Leach, who, by the way, between them, they have multiple, what, four Stanley Cups there, Peter. I'm impressed you uh, you uh, put the Riverton rifle in there. Uh, listen, I have to admit, not only did I not have the Leeches on my list, but when you said the Leeches, I was thinking, Reggie Leach's dad played hockey? James <laughs> Gill really went the way back no, I well, I, his son. I remember uh, from those those Penguins teams uh, because he was a local guy. Sorry, JV, if you're listening, uh, no no insult there. Um, I mean, my number one, I think it may be Hunter Stew is the house. Uh, I don't know how you had him at five, Gil. I mean, for God's sakes, this guy. First of all, the dad played a hockey game at 52 years old and was productive. <laughs> I mean, he's Mister Hockey. The sport is essentially named after him. Even Gretzky'll pay homage to him. 801 goals until Gretzky came along and beat that. He's got the Gordie Howe hat trick named after him, the goal, the assist, the fight, and it's Gordie Howe to Mark and Marty, by the way. Gordie owned many of the NHL records until some of them got beat. He retired in 71. A couple of years later, comes back to join the Houston Arrows so he can play with both of his sons. I mean, the Red Wings have a statue, like you said, outside Joe six seasons in that WHA, and then Gordy says, yeah, you know what, and you're talking about the whale, Gil. Yeah, sure, I'll come back to the NHL. And the Hartford Whalers had to work out a gentleman's agreement with Detroit just so Gordy could play 
in Hartford. But of course, that gentleman's agreement, which probably involves some cash, was uh, was made. And Gordy, already a hot member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, played a season at 52. That blows my mind. A productive season, too. Mark had a great NHL career. Sorry you saw the crappy part of it. Ten seasons with now, the would Flyers. You, would you agree with me that towards the end, it was tough to watch? I mean, the teams overall were bad, so the defensemen are always going to get blamed. The guy doesn't go to the Hall of Fame Been there, doesn't PT. know how to play the game. Been there. Defensemen always get blamed. I'm not asking you to make excuses for the man. I'm just asking if my assessment was correct. Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe he dropped off a little. I mean, look, he, 85 a little? 87, he was the key guy, but he had the house stamina. He wasn't going to stop playing until somebody told him not to play. He may never won the Stanley Cup, but he did get the rings as the pro scout for the four Red Wings teams, 97, 98, 02, 08. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and Marty, well, Marty's like, you know, the fifth Beatle. I mean, he's on the list, and he played 203 NHL games, but Gordy to Mark are really the pairing. Mr. Hockey, I don't know how you had him at five. That's terrible. I'm with you. Yeah, you're just, like, disrespecting the sport of hockey, I think, by having them at five instead of one. I mean, you just, it's like when people talk about Tom Brady right now, right? He's obviously not what he was in his prime, but he's the greatest of all time. So he should be the GOAT and number one on your list, even though right now he's not what he once was, right? That's the similar situation. It's you got to pay Remember, the dues here, you know? I included Hal, even though I didn't enjoy watching him. That's how much I respected the family. That's fair, but I think you need to respect them just a little bit more. That's huh? all. I mean, you don't even have to go through the, the stats again. They're ridiculous. The, the age 52? Could you imagine yeah. being 52 playing in the NHL and moving the puck? Outlet passes? I used to go tape the skate. He was probably going tape the tape at age 52. You know what I mean? Sheesh. It's got to be the house. Uh, no, it's got to be the holes. It's Bobby and Brett. I was a huge Brett Hall fan growing up. I love Brett Hall, especially when he was slurring after the uh, Stanley Cup Blues win. won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. I mean, the, the two of them, the Golden Jet, his father, and then uh, his son was just, you know, uh, to me, was one of the best goal scorers you ever saw. He had a blast. In fact, I should have included Al McGinnis on this list, but his I was kid really stinks. Yeah, I was thinking the same. You know, um, McGinnis had a blast, but Hall had a blast as well. 50 goals in 50 games. Uh, for the uh, father, I mean, it, it was just uh, amazing getting a chance to actually, I should say for the son, uh, who um, when I ended up, you know, look, I used to be a big hockey guy, I would watch you know, a lot when I, you know, when you're younger, you have the time to watch and Hull uh, was right up there for me. He was up there with those guys, like, you know, playing with Lemieux and Gretzky. He was like on the equivalent of like that list of guys uh, of playing. I mean, he was just that kind of a goal scorer there. Um, in basically, uh, what, 741 goals, 1,391 points, uh, the 741 third place all-time between only Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. Uh, so the holes, number one on the list. I loved watching uh, the son, Brett. Obviously, I didn't see the father, Bobby, play enough, but he started in 1957, so, P.T., you got to see him, right? Yeah, what do you think, I'm 90? Um, hey, Bobby Hull did play the Gordie Howe on a line in the – Hartford Whalers. They signed Bobby Hull like late in that one season that he now played there. And how did the Whale go out of business with all the, you know, how did they all go? Those names. Yeah, I mean, they had everybody. <laughs> I mean, uh, when he played that one season of 52, he was an all 80 games hunter, and he helped the team make the playoffs by scoring 41 points, 15 goals, 26 assists at age 52. Ridiculous. 
unbelievable. Got to be your number one. All right, in my honorable mentions, I had the Kachucks, like you mentioned, and the Domies. I also had the Nolans, Ted Nolan, the father, Brandon, the son, Jordan, the son. I threw the Bowmans in there on the other side, Scotty, the father, and Stan, the son. Stan, now the GM. The Patricks are, like, synonymous with hockey. For God's sakes, they named the division after Lester, the father. Then you had Lynn, the son, Muzz, the son, and now Craig, the grandson. And then some modern names I threw in the Parisis, JP, the father, and Zach, the son, and the Felinos, Mike, the father, Nick, the son, and Marcus, the son. I left out Nolan Patrick, by the way. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him he is, uh, yeah, his father is what, Sam? I don't know his name, but I know he definitely played in the NHL. I remember that being a story when we drafted him. But I went with uh, Sammy Kapanen and his son, Kasperin Kapanen, and he is on the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. And Michael Nylander with William and Alexander Nylander as well, yep. and, and William is on the... No relation to Mats? No. Damn. And then Louis DeBrusque, and then Jake DeBrusque, who's on the Boston Bruins right now. I don't like picking Bruins players, but he is a fun watch. And, and you mentioned Ryan McInnes, by the way. When you said that, I'm like, wait a second. I definitely went against him before. Back in 2012 in the Tier 1 Elite League, you had Honor Brody go up against him as well. How about that? Hmm. I thought someone would give me maybe a little Chris Chelios and his son, Jake Chelios. Now, Chris Chelios, I love watching him play. He was one of those guys, his nose was always busted off to the side there. I mean, he had that nose that was just like, I play hockey, what do you do? How can you have a Brian Prop jersey hanging in your studio and you like Chris Chelios? That dude played dirty. He knocked out Proper in the playoffs and I'll never forgive him for it. Dirty! You don't think I have that type of nose kill? Uh, not like a Chelios. No, that guy. I wasn't that much of a grinder. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, I had the Patricks on the list as well. I also, oh, Ray Bork, his son's all stunk, but Ray was really good. Um, can't read my handwriting here. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry. All right. It's a bad move by you. Okay. Well, I had fun today. I mean, you just totally disrespected the NHL duos. What did you say, PT? I mean, this is just flat out awful. Claude Lemieux it's... and Brendan Lemieux. We should have had Durso, me, there and PT. No, no, no. You're done talking. Where was this Durso's is my list? show now. PT. Yeah, to put the house down at five? Yeah, I know. You put him on the list. Uh, Durso went with Bobby and Brett Hall, Gordy Mark and Marty Howe, Peter, Paul, and Jan Stansny, and, of course, Keith, Matthew, Brady, DeChuck. Thomas and Alex Steen. Nobody mentioned that. No, the Steen. That's a good Ooh, pool by him. Steen. Yeah. Nice. And then he went honorable mention. Scott and St- Scotty Bowman, the Deneen. See, the Deneen's on the list. Uh, Ty and Max Domi, the Nylanders. He gave us Chuck Parise. Fletcher. I, now, Parise is interesting. I remember when uh, he was a free agent. He ended up going to Chucky Fletcher's uh, Minnesota Wild. But the Flyers fans, remember that summer, they were trying to get both those devils. Well, guess what? They spent way too much money to get him in Minnesota, and it didn't work out. Fred and Ray Shiro, <laughs> Cliff and Chuck Fletcher. Ooh, Fred and Ray Shiro. That's okay. a good pull. All right, Peter, have a good weekend. All right, guys, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. All right, MGPT Top 5 at 5 here on the Sports Bash, brought to you today by PlaySugarHouse.com. All right, now this is the weekend to do something different. Watch live sports on your phone and watch, bet on the game you're watching. And I'm talking about soccer Darts, table tennis, Korean baseball. You might be surprised at how much you enjoy watching the game you're betting on at PlaySugarHouse.com.
acinternationalairport.com to book your flight. That's AC International Airport. Ma- flying made simple. All right. Uh, we got a uh, little Ask Mike and Broads. You guys send the questions. We answer them. You have a chance to take over the show. Send them in, 609-403-0973. We'll see if we can fit a couple in before the end of the day. It's coming at, this guy's coming after me a little bit. And I need to just give my... I, I need to express what's going on before we actually get to the question. So earlier today, I pretty much stated, in a big-time hypothetical, because it's not going to happen, and the Jets don't need a running back, but I was just saying, due to the nature of the position of the running back, I would think about trading Miles Sanders for Jamal Adams. Okay? Because you can plug and play players at the running back position. That doesn't Where not did you say this? On a, on a podcast of Sports Talk with Broads. Okay. And I stated, look, the nature of the position, I'm not saying Miles Sanders isn't good. He's great. He's actually going to be unbelievable. So is Jamal Adams, though. And I think if you can get a Jamal Adams for a long period of time, you could find someone to play running back, and you will be fine, and I think it will add to your to your secondary and your safety position. So the question is, is Broads a moron for saying that he would trade Miles Sanders for Jamal Adams. And this is from Corey. Do you think I'm a moron, Mike Gill? I would say and once yes again, and no. I did say it was a hypothetical, and I know it's not going to happen. I was just saying I I would do it. The real moronic is that you would get a strawberry frosted ahead of a chocolate. But in this situation, Jamal Adams is maybe the best safety in the whole league. Yeah. So it's not a moronic statement. It, the question becomes, yes, I know you can kind of plug and play running backs, but the Eagles don't really have one to replace Sanders. That is fair, but I think you can always find that guy. Like, for example, the way that I defended my point is, look what they did over the last couple years. Jay Ajayi was what, for a fourth-round pick trade? Jordan Howard, who was phenomenal before he got injured, was for a sixth-round pick. And you, if you rocked with a healthy Jordan Howard the way he was playing last year, you would be good, right? I mean, so you can find ways yeah, I'm always to on plug the, guys in. I'm on the, like, you don't need to go crazy with the running back. You can find a running back. Right. So if you find someone who isn't going to be as good as Miles Sanders, but he's a reasonable back, and you upgrade with the best safety in football, arguably, well, then I think that it's it's not ridiculous to think. Now, once again, the Jets, they won't do it. They have Le'Veon Bell. It was just saying. Yeah. I, would I, I saw Sanders. something today about the Jets' defense with and without Adams. When he's on the field, they're the equivalent of the ninth defense in the league. With him off the field, they're 25th. Whoa. That is a huge difference. Yeah, like it's like yards per play or something like that was a yard different. But like it made them go from 9th to 25th when he's not on the field. He's a difference maker. I wonder what Joe Douglas is thinking right now. This is the first time he's under some pressure to get a deal done for a top-talented guy, and I don't know if he has much experience doing this type of stuff. Yeah, and he doesn't, like, I was looking at Adams last night because of this news. He doesn't get paid. He only gets paid like seven hundred twenty-five grand. Well, because he's still on that rookie deal. Correct. That's why he's a little perturbed. He's saying, I'm the best safety in the league, and I'm getting paid like the you know, like I'm a third stringer. Right. And I, I will say, though, a lot of the reaction is get Zach Ertz out of here. You have Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz is getting old. I, I don't I don't get that. I don't get the get rid of Zach Ertz train right now for Jamal Adams. I mean, he's such a – your offense would change 
big time without Zach Ertz. You're, the other team's best defender will now shift to somebody else. That he, I don't know, man. Big, I mean, I think Goddard's pretty good. I'm not – that is yeah, – yes, I agree with you. Goddard is good. I just don't think I would trade Zach Ertz because it's probably going to be Zach I'd be Ertz. more. In, I'd be more inclined to do Ertz than Sanders. But, see, I don't – I personally am not giving Miles Sanders a big deal. So, with that being said, I know I only have a couple of years of Miles Sanders. Right, but I'm going to use them now. And I know Ertz is coming to the end of the line, potentially, and I have Goddard. I have a guy that I trust enough that he, he might not be as good as Ertz, but he's uh, maybe just an odd Who knows? If he got the, the snaps and the opportunities that Ertz has, he might be just as good, if not better. We don't know that. That's fair. I'm not discrediting Zach Ertz being at the back end compared to where Sanders is. But if it was, first off, if it's Zach Ertz for this deal, I think I might just stay put. But if it's Zach Ertz plus a draft pick and then factor in the money on top of that that you're going to have to pay Adams, it just seems unrealistic for the Eagles to go in a direction like that. Yeah, That's I don't all. think they're really – he put the list of teams that he was interested in. Imagine if he went to the Ravens. That defense with Jamal Adams on top of it, you won't score a field goal. It's funny, the seven teams he put on – Oddly enough, they were all good. Well, that's the one thing that I, I pointed out is people view the Eagles as a destination. I want to play for the Eagles. And everyone on his list, they had quarterbacks that can play. And I wonder if that's telling to those people who aren't believing in Carson Wentz yet that there's players around the league that want to play with Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, right? I mean, they want to play with Lamar Jackson. They want to play with Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson. Well, the fact that Carson Wentz is on the list with these players that people want to play with, that should tell you something. Or maybe he likes Jim Schwartz's defense. I was saying Jim Schwartz should be so pumped right now. Yes. You know, the guy just doesn't get enough credit. This is a little bit of credit. Someone wants to play for Jim Schwartz as well. You know, I don't I don't uh, doubt, I don't um, doubt that that thought like, hey, I could be in the Malcolm Jenkins role. Well, that's one reason why I think it's reasonable to look at is because of Rodney McLeod's on a two-year deal. What is he, though? You have Will Parks, and you have Jalen Mills. Is there someone there that you can really rely on? Not to the level of a Jamal Adams. Well, the kid Wallace, they drafted in the third round. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's more of a, of a growing kind of player. But real quick here, we do have something about the DH with yesterday's conversation. He pretty much says, why do you guys hate the DH for the NL? I'd be all for the DH in the NL. This would level the playing field with both leagues, plus this gives that one extra player an opportunity to get at-bats. Adding a DH opens up the lineup a little bit. Plus, you can give guys defensive days off and still have them bat, keeping them more fresh. I understand the, the, the premise and the reason why people like the DH. But again, I go back to it's baseball for people who really don't like baseball. I love that, that guy doesn't love baseball. I love that. He just looks at it as, oh, do you really? Let me just ask that guy a question. Are you really all that excited to see Roman Quinn bat? Are you really all that excited to say, wow, Adam Hastley's in the lineup today? People might feel that way. I don't, but people might. But that's my point. You're getting excited about people who aren't any good. I wish we asked Mike Silski about that. The DH is an antiquated thought process of offense. You don't have DHs anymore. There's no more Edgar Martinez. There's no more David Ortiz. There's no more, by the way, you couldn't name a DH in the league right now. You know why? Because they stink. This whole premise of, all oh, the DH adds offense. 
There aren't any DHs. We looked at MLB.com, and if you click on the DH tab, there's only two actual DHs in the entire league. That's it. Two. There's only two guys who qualified as DHs that that batted enough times in the DH spot that qualified them as a DH. There's always a couple conversations that get people really going. And for you, this is one of them. I love it. I just mentioned, I, and I know I brought it up for a reason. I wanted to see you kind of get a little red face right before the show ends. You bring this up and you get ready to rock and roll. Actually, I love it. Uh, Keep ML, going. MLB.com. If you go to 2019 regular season DHs, there's one guy that qualified, Nelson Cruz. That's it. He's the only DH left in the entire league. Any other DH is just a Joe Schmo that they put in the lineup that's hitting 230. Well, it's not even a DH anymore. It's not about can you hit. It's literally a tactic to get guys rest. That's what it is. It's a rest day type of position. It's not a DH. It's not about how good you hit. It's to it's to keep JT Real Muto's bat in the game if he's not going to be catching that day. Oddly enough, in a game that is all about home runs, the DH is a guy now that doesn't hit any home runs. That's what the DH was. He was a big power guy who was the DH because he wasn't a good defensive player. So you got him off the field David Ortiz had no position. So what did you do? You made him the DH. Paul Molitor was not a great defensive player. So what did you do? You made him the DH. Edgar Martinez was not a defensive player. So what did you do? You made him the DH. These were guys who could swing the bat and they could hit, legitimately hit, but they were not good defensive players. That doesn't happen anymore. The DH, you guys are so brainwashed by the thought of this DH. Oh, I'm so excited that Adam Hastley's in the lineup. Oh, that's going to make you want to be more excited about Phillies baseball. Well, I, the only just to play just a little bit of devil's advocate, even though I do sit on the side you do, is, you know, we talk right now, Adam Hastley, Roman Quinn, their batting averages significantly, they are better hitters than Aaron Nola. Whether he, There's Aaron no question. Nola, right, and that's why people would say, well, yeah, I'd rather have Hazley batting in the, in the ninth spot than in Aaron Nola. That's what the people who support this logic will go with. Yes, those guys are better hitters than Aaron Nola. There's no question about it. It's not about them being better hitters. It's about, for someone like me, that's why I say the DH is for people who don't like baseball because you don't watch the game thinking. You're not watching the game thinking two innings down the road. You're only watching the game to be entertained by the action on the field, which guess what? If that's your reason you're watching baseball, you're SOL. If you're watching baseball with the mindset of what are they going to do here? Are they going to take this guy out of the game? Are they going to hit behind him? Are they going to hit, bunt him over? Are they going to hit and run? Are they going to keep the pitcher in? If you are thinking about all the different options that could happen with every single pitch in every single at bat, then you like baseball. If you are watching to see Adam Hastley because he hits 30 points higher than Jake Arrieta does, you don't like baseball. Well, it is interesting because we grew up with the NL, obviously, with the Phillies. Like, we watch NL baseball way more than AL. I think it's different being an NL fan watching AL than if you're an AL fan watching the NL. Like, because we understand the strategic part of things, we can still watch AL baseball and, and enjoy it. It's different, but we can still enjoy it. But AL people going to the NL games and watching NL games, they don't even know how to comprehend it at all. So I feel like it's different coming from a, a sports fan that always watches National League ball, if that makes sense. Because these guys who watch AL ball, they don't, yeah, they don't realize when they're watching the Phillies, when they're watching these other teams, how to even do it. 
We know how to do it, and we can still watch AL baseball, but they can't transition the other way. Because they're not baseball fans. They don't like baseball. It's my favorite quote. I love it. I love it. They're not baseball fans. That's that's the rub. You're not wrong. The DH is baseball for people who don't really like baseball. All right, we got the five coming up. ESPN Radio Classic. It was October 6th, 2010. Game one of the National. Competition. It's time for five questions. Three game and just man, I need five. Number five will always love you. Five times. Now can you dig All right, Sports Pass Live. Here we go with the five. By the way, somebody checks it in about they'd rather see Quinn. I said, you don't like baseball. I'm not arguing that Quinn is a better hitter than the pitcher. That's not the point I'm making. I would rather watch the game from a strategic standpoint than adding a hitter who is marginally better than the pitcher. And even if they're more than marginally better, I prefer the strategy that is involved with that spot in the order. That's a fair way. I was going to say, yeah, they're probably a little bit better than marginally, but it is still the strategic side of things is definitely yeah. more important. Right, so Fire away. Yes. The other day I mentioned the whole World Series or NHL Game 7 that sparked an idea. How about Cornhole Championship or Bowling Championship? Which one would you Ooh, rather go to live? Bowling. Over the Cornhole, Definitely. huh? Yeah. All right. You know Who what? do you think you are? I am. That gets you fired up? That's right. Okay. Watching a guy just fire strike after strike, there's there's something there. That's a skill. Daytona or College World Series? No, not even close. College World Series. Okay. I would love to go to a College World Series. Wimbledon Final or the Stanley Cup Game 7? Stanley Cup. Game Thank you. Seven. That's all I'm looking for. And then, if you had, would you go to a college hockey game? I mean, like a Penn State, Minnesota game. Would you be all juiced up to go to that bad boy? Not juiced up, but I wouldn't say no. I mean, if we're like hanging out in the town, we're like, yeah, we're gonna. I'm that guy. Hey, we're in a certain city. Hey, they got a pro team. Let's go tonight. All okay. right. I went to the Altoona Curve game when I was in Altoona. Yeah, that's crazy. What flavor White Claws tonight, Gil? Final question. Uh, do they have black cherry? No, that's Truly's. Oh, they don't make a White Claw version of it. Not sure. That mango one was all right. Mango's okay. Yeah. All right. The lemon lime, how's that? It's good. I like them all. How many different versions do they have? Like seven, eight. Have a chocolate donut this weekend. 